0: Welcome to Blessings in Christ, I'm Scott Roberts. We are also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural in name, Romans 16, 16. Scriptural in origin, Colossians 1, 18. Scriptural in doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16. And scriptural in practice, James 1, 22. Our lesson today is part two of The Work of Christ, uh, in his three years of public ministry. We hope that you enjoy the lesson today and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. And I And He was buried and He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. He has given us faith. He has given us the power to overcome all things on earth. Putting Him first. Not letting anything hinder our work with Christ. The author and finisher of our faith. And we know in Romans 8 and verse 28. I know that all things come together. uh, Will work together for good for them that love God. To them who were called to His purpose. So we were given a purpose like Jesus Christ was. He came to glorify God. He came to become that servant. He came to become the Word of God. God manifested to us. How could we witness? How could we understand the glory of God? Because He became the Word manifested unto us. Turn if you would to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. One of the most beautiful uh, descriptions of Christ uh, to show His duty and His work. And we know, as from our lesson so far, He came to glorify God. He came to give us a witness of of who God was. But He also came to be that perfect sacrifice on the cross. Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets... You know, if you lived under the Old Testament time, uh, there were many things that were still in darkness. How many times in the New Testament do we see the phrase mystery? You know, how could the Jew and the Gentile be saved? How could God become mankind through Jesus Christ? How could the church be established that all nations and all continents and all areas of How could we understand grace and mercy? How could we understand the tender love of God He has for His creation? That many things were in mystery. Jesus came to fulfill all things. And Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God, uh, the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. It is the gospel. It is the good news. So Paul many times refers to the mystery of That it was all fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And the things that we don't understand, the Spirit makes intercession in our hearts that we can understand the breadth and the width and the depth of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Gospel. And we try to understand future things. He's revealed all things. So Jesus has, has fulfilled all of the darkness that was in the past. He has brought us the grace for we are saved by grace and not by works lest man should boast. And He is the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. But how has God spoken to us? In the Old Testament, He spoke to us as the prophets were inspired by Him. But now in these last days, in Hebrews 1 and verse 2, He hath in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. Through Christ, all of the worlds. Not just the state of Kentucky, not just the earth, but all of the stars that are numbered and He knows every one of them. And there are billions and trillions and trillions and trillions of these stars that show His glory in the world today. Verse 3, another fulfillment of Christ, work of Christ. Who being the brightness of His glory. Not just His glory, but the brightness of God. If we go and we, uh, we we are driving down the highway and we see a bright light or we see something shiny, our attention is drawn to it. Then Jesus showed us the power of God and the splendor of God and His wonder is above anything that we can ever imagine. Can you imagine, beloved, If we can make it to heaven, we can see Jesus Christ in His glory. And you know on the Mount of Transfiguration that He became a life that was wider than any tailor could ever make it. He was in His true glory, in His true form, and it is beyond uh, beautiful. It's it's more than we could ever really interpret. It would be in the brightness of His glory, and listen to this, the express image of his person. I love that. The express image is the full description, the manifold description of of the glory of God and all of his splendor and all of his glory. And many people would say, well, what is God like? He's full of tender mercy and love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him uh, uh, would have hope of eternal life. He is the glory of God, the glory of heaven, the express image that God in his infinite glory and power and majesty was revealed totally to us in an express image. You know, I was talking to Joe and a few of the brethren, they were talking about cars before uh, church started. And I sold my old Ford Ranger, I think I. It, it still had maybe a few more miles left in her. And uh, my neighbor said, put her on Facebook, you know. And you know, I could have written about Rangers, one of the best little trucks you'll ever get. And it'll run forever and then you, it'll do anything. And that wouldn't give people a full description of what that truck was. But you know what I did? I took my cell phone and I took a picture of the front and the side and, and somebody emailed me and said I want to see the engine so I looked at the hood and I took a picture that they had a perfect picture of what of that truck don't you see that there was no question of how big or how large or what color or what's it look like inside because the digital cell phone has a perfect represent representation and there was no question of it was red and had a four cylinder and it was full of rust whatever and Jesus brought us God to understand. He fulfilled that mystery. He fulfilled the glory of God. Don't you see? There is no way to God no man come to the Father but by me through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and many people in the world today say, well, I don't have to congregate to be uh, a Christian. I'm going to be saved right here in my home. But the Bible tells us that the church is the fullness of Christ. That we are baptized into into His death, into His body, and we are unworthy. Did you know when the Pharisees were alive, the Pharisees had a reputation that they were better than everybody else, and that you were not worthy to be saved. That you were were so-called the trash of the earth. You know, you weren't a Pharisee. You weren't one of the elite. And they have that reputation of wearing the enlarged borders of their garments. And and they love the speeches on the court. They love the chinksies. seats. Show me the front. Don't put me in the back. And they love all of the all of the people, the praise of the people. What did Jesus say? They have their reward, you know? And isn't that like the world's religions today? And you'll see all these denominations and they want the robes and and the Catholics are wear their big gold cross. And they want to be called father and reverend. Even though Matthew, in the book of Matthew, I think 24 says, them Not to call uh, one, one father, but your father in heaven. And they love all of the praise and all of the glory. But Jesus, what did he do? He went into the house of the tax collectors and the publicans. And He said, you know, the woman that was about to be stoned, He said, let you, uh, those that are without sin, pass the first stone. He came to forgive. And you know what? Unlike the Pharisees and the hypocrites, hypocrites, He came for all of us. That's grace. He came to offer salvation. Not only salvation, but He allowed us to become adopted children of God and heirs with Christ. Have you thought about that? His work that He did. But the express image, there was no question about God's love for His creation. There was no question about the glory of God. There was no question about how much He loved all of His creation. He called all of the children to Him because it was a lesson to us. Beloved, if we cannot become humble and obey all of His commandments and to become a member of His church, the church of Christ, and to take a stand and contend for the faith, and be diligent and loving. And as Bob very well pointed out today, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's He going to give us in return? What's the world and sin going to offer you? Sickness and disease and a short death and all the problems in the world. But Jesus also came to offer us eternal life. John 10, 27-28 My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall, listen to this, they shall never perish. How many of us have lost a loved one that was a faithful Christian? How many of us have lost Loved ones, But Jesus said they shall never perish. Don't you see that he is the shepherd and we are the sheep. We are in a sheepfold, the church, that he and, and, and a stranger we will not follow. We will not follow the commandments and the doctrines of men because Jesus is our leader. Not some pope and not somebody we call father or reverend or not some vision, somebody seeing, uh, you know, Mary and a piece of toast or something. It's just silliness, just foolishness in the world today. We follow Jesus Christ. Jesus said, They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Revelation 2 and verse 10 Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Back to Hebrews one and verse three, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, which he had by himself purged our sins. When you purge it, you get rid of it. How many of us have ever got a stain on our our nice shirt? A nice you know, you pay forty dollars for a shirt, you get a big stain on it, and you would give anything. To to get rid, to purge that sin. Well, He has purged our sin. He has been been that substitution on the cross, being a propitiation of our sins. And He took on the sins of the whole world because He was perfect. Because He was the Son of God. And God will not forgive forgive sin without a blood sacrifice. And He was that perfect sacrifice. And what's it say here in Hebrews 1 and verse 3? He sat down Sit down on the right hand of the majesty on high. When you studied the Old Testament law and you went into the, the temple and there were two places, a holy, a holy place and a holy holies, holies. When the high priest went into the holy holies, holies, and uh, you had uh, the Ark of the Covenant and you had, it was called the mercy seat. It wasn't a seat, it was actually the, the top You know that went on that and inside of course was the the tablets of, of the ten commandments there wasn't a chair there wasn't a seat there was nowhere for that high priest to sit down but here it says in hebrews 1 and verse 3 he sat down on the right hand on the majesty on high the high priest could never sit down Because listen to this. His work was never done. You see, it was just like making a minimum payment on a credit card. You're never going to pay that credit card off. That it was just making an installment to carry that sin forward. And that's what your credit card does. It just puts that miles forward. Put it forward. Put it forward. Put it forward. How many of us have had a mortgage? And, and, and you pay, and that mortgage, it hardly ever moves. You see, that was the Old Testament law, Old Testament sin. It didn't forgive anything, but what it did is it put it forward. And then when Christ came, He paid it all off. And it was all done. You see, the high priest could never be done. And, and there wasn't a seat. He didn't sit down. His work was never done. But Christ came one time. It wasn't that once a year, that blood sacrifice of calves and goats. It was, listen to this, it was a perfect sacrifice because He was the Son of God and He was King of Kings and, and God Himself was on that cross. And He made that sacrifice. That is grace. He sat down. Where did He sit down? In heaven itself. And He's on the right hand side of God and He's working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not only as our High Priest, He's our Mediator, that He is there for us at all times. The life of Christ was a beautiful life. His work. John 4, verse 34. Jesus came to do His Father's will. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me, and to finish His work. Well, what was God's work? His work was for the salvation of creation. How could we ever obtain the holiness of God? The Bible says, you know, be evil. come out from among him and be ye holy, for, for God needs us to be that holy, sanctified nation as His church. Who would make us worthy? Who would enable us to, to give our lives for God through Jesus Christ? he came not only to show god to us he not only came to fully manifest god to us but to establish his church and to teach us the ways of love and mercy and grace and to teach us faithful things and to give give us great great joy that we could be the children of god so he came to finish his work you know when jesus made his first public uh, appearance or like speaking at the temple there I believe it was in Nazareth and he, he said today he said the law is fulfilled in thy sight and of course uh, the, uh, the, the chief priest there didn't understand what he was talking about they didn't understand his work and of course when he was on the cross he said it is finished he fully uh, did accomplish all of his father's work John 19 and verse 30 when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar and he said it is finished and he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Jesus also made it clear that he understands that his mission on earth led him to the cross and to fulfill his father's will. There was never a time a day. That he was not doing his father's will; that he was not being led by the Holy Spirit. There was never a time that he didn't realize that he had something to do, and and all of his public ministry, I believe, it was three years. He started at age of thirty to the age of thirty-three. That he, and many times, he would not even worry about eating or even sleep, and he did all this because he was so diligent and full of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 16 and 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show His disciples how that He must, He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the priests and the scribes and to be killed and to be raised again the third day. He was not only ready upon all occasions to go to His work. But he was earnest and in care to go through it and to finish it. The devil couldn't stop him. The temptation of all the world couldn't stop him. The nation of Israel couldn't stop him. The chief priest couldn't stop him. The pilot couldn't stop him because it was his Father's will. And you know what? The Bible says I can do all things through Christ with strength and peace. We too can do the Father's will. We have a Helper that makes intercession in our life. We can pray without ceasing. We can be thankful, not for everything, but thankful in everything because of His grace and His mercy. We have something called faith that, that helps us, that Jesus is with us. He's never going to forsake us. Leaving nothing now, He resolved never to quit or to give up or to lay down till He could say, it's finished. Wouldn't that be something when we... The Bible says every knee will bow. And we bow before our Lord, Jesus Christ. And wouldn't it be wonderful for Him to say, you know, come unto me all ye labor heavy late, and heavy laden. I will give you rest. For I have eaten and, cry, and most lowly and learned of me. He's Jesus Christ. He's Lord of Lords. But for Him to say, You have done my Father's will. His work, His zeal, and His faith. Do we realize that Jesus, listen to this, gave diligence and close application as those things that made it that that He needed to do it in life? He was diligent, He was faithful, prayed without ceasing, and even in the most the most uh, the time of his life that he was praying so hard that his, his sweat was at, as blood. And, and he knew, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me and there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but what? Thy will be done. How diligent was he? The disciples were out sleeping. But Jesus was praying. Because he knew he he was going to be betrayed by Judas. He did it with diligence and close application. With delight and pleasure in it. You mean we have fulfillment. We have joy. We have happiness. When we do the Father's will. When we live that Christian life. And the next time I come we're going to look at what we can do. What is the will of God for us? He did it with constancy. Perseverance and not only minding what to do, but aiming at of his work, the salvation of mankind. His goal was not only forgiveness, but to bring us together. You know what church is? Is is a family. We're meant to be together. We're meant to be worshiping. We're to be singing. You know, when Joey gets to heaven, he won't have to worry about his sinuses because he's going. he can sing 24 hours, all, all the time, singing in fellowship. We don't have to worry about sickness because heaven will be worshipped. Revelation tells us that glimpse we have of revelation of the glory of heaven. Jesus came to accomplish his mission, his Father's goal, the salvation of all mankind, to show God's grace, to fulfill his work, to give us a hope that could never go away. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 17, Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy, but I came to fulfill. We can be part of that by living a Christian life, obeying the gospel plan of salvation, be added to the church, and be helping to increase the kingdom. Matthew 20, verse 28. He was the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. The ransom payment. That all of us have a price. We were enslaved in sin. He who sins is a servant to sin. But we hear the truth and we are free by the truth. That that we are sanctified for the truth. The truth has has set us free. The precious Word of God. But it will come at a price. Jesus said in Matthew 10 and verse 34. Listen to this. "Think not that I have come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. We will lose friends. We will lose the love of the world. We will lose the, the praise of men. But have you ever thought about that praise of men? Where are they going to be on the day of judgment? Where are they going to be? That all the people that praise uh, uh, others and these denominations and are always bragging about their, how big their congregations are and how many people they save each day. They didn't save anyone because God is the one that saves, God is the one that adds you to the church, not these denominations uh, preaching the commandments and the doctrines of men. We will lose popularity, we will lose friends, but we will do God's will. You were put on earth not to be popular and not for all the world's love and the love of the world and all the things of the world that lead to death and sin. But You were created to be a child of God, to worship God in spirit and in truth, to be that diligent, faithful servant, that Christian, and to also fulfill your Father's will. Matthew 9 and 13 but go and learn what this means I desire mercy and not sacrifice for I did not come to call the righteous but the sinners to repentance Jesus knew that someday we would all stand before him at his great white throne of judgment what a terrible day all of us would have to face if we were found guilty and condemned you know all of the we can fulfill every commandment but if we're not uh, baptized into Christ and obey uh, the gospel plan of salvation coming in contact with the blood of Christ we cannot be forgiven we can do all kinds of works and all kinds of get all kinds of praise from love and the love of men but if we do not come in contact with the blood of Christ we are not saved Romans 3 and verse 19 know we not that the things Whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth should be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. We're saved by grace. So Jesus is the one that brought grace to us. So Jesus came to take our place as guilty of sin and coming short of God's will. Five times the scripture says that Jesus was without sin. So another part of His mission, His work, He was that perfect sacrifice and He was perfect. He lived a perfect life without sin. Jesus would also be our propitiation or our substitute on the cross. It should have been me. It should have been you on that cross. But He is the one that took off all of our sins insomuch that even the Father had to turn His back for a short time when he had the sins and it was darkness over all the land when the sins were upon christ upon the cross john 5 and verse 36 but i have greater witness than that of john for the works which the father hath given me to finish the same works that i do bear witness of me that the father has sent me every moment in the 33 years of his life he had something to do something to accomplish you know, death is coming to all of us. Life is but a vapor, it appears for a short time and then vanisheth away. The years, the days, the moments go by so quick. What will we have to accomplish in our life? Our possessions, how many cars or how big our houses? The world says that. But we must live a life.